Welcome to Talking About Midlife, where we talk about life living in a female body in our midlife. We talk about health, love, relationships, our inner world, aging, death, motherhood, and what it means to be a human at this time in the world. I am Kelly Sterling, and I hope you enjoy listening to these stories that I'm sharing. Hi everyone, thanks for listening today. Uh, today, really interesting conversation. I have Dr. Laura Monk with me and Laura is a psychologist and a sex love relationship coach. And Laura and I both love coaching people, you know, in the menopause, post-menopause time of their life. And I said to her recently, hey, Laura, you want to do a podcast about sex after menopause? And she was like, yeah, that'd be great. So, hi, Laura, how's it going? (laughs) Hi, Kelly. It's good, thanks. How are you? Yeah, really good, really good. (laughs) It's late for me and early for you. It's good to do this, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So, So, Laura, tell us a little bit about you and your pathway to where you are today? Yeah, so my pathway to where I am today started probably at the start of my 50s. So I'm in my late 50s now. And in my early 50s, I was living a very different life. I was in academia um, and I was married to a professor I was just about to start a new job teaching counselling psychotherapy and I was also a psychotherapist. I'm still a psychotherapist, Um, but I was living this quite dry academic life, really, Um, and my husband left me for a younger woman, which was huge. Uh, I was totally unexpected. Um, I was devastated and it really completely changed the course of my life. I had at that point started the menopause. I was well into the menopause. I'd been through a whole grieving process for my youth um, and my sexuality. We'd stopped having sex sometime before the end of our marriage. So I was almost post-menopause really. And I had two grown children. This was the end of my second marriage. So there's a lot of endings and a lot of feeling that um, certain aspects of my life were really over. Mm. And I was in a job that was very stressful as well as interesting the academic system in the UK is uh, one where everyone is overworked and underpaid, like many institutions. But a good friend of mine, actually my oldest friend, had suggested that I try dating. Quite early on, actually, in my grieving process for my, uh, my husband leaving me, 
basically she said to me, you need to go out and have sex because you haven't had any for years. And um, I think it will be really good for you. Mm-hmm. Those were her words of wisdom. Um, and I've, I found somebody pretty quickly, actually, and just had the most amazing experience of my life with this guy, um, this lovely man who we really connected and had the most amazing sex, um, better sex than I'd ever had. And I couldn't really believe it, Kelly, because there I was in my early 50s, mm. post-menopause, post-divorce, <laughs> and things were happening in my body that I had never experienced and I'd never really known about. And I was really surprised and intrigued. And actually, you know, I kept pinching myself, literally kept pinching myself because it was so good. And it got me really interested Mm. in great sex. Mm. Um, I was a researcher at the time in the area of domestic and sexual violence and (laughs) this this experience just turned me in a different direction I really started getting very interested in this whole subject of great sex and great sex for older women especially yeah because you know I didn't even realize I wasn't even sure that I could have sex at that point because I hadn't had any for ages. I'd been through the menopause and my, my knowledge, my education on the subject was, it was zero. I'd really gone through menopause without any support at all. So I I didn't even know. That's amazing. Good on you. Like good, lucky for you in a way, but also, you know, in terms of, our sexuality and even our erectile anatomy it's not something that that we really learn is it when we're younger no no we don't we we don't learn those things when we're younger we don't learn them when we're older usually either yeah yeah I know I make a very big point of teaching it in my courses and with my clients because I'm so acutely aware that it's not talked about when it comes to female bodies all the way you know even when like I'm curious with my kids about what they learn it they teach them at school and I'm like oh you can read any book of mine pick them up and they're like oh mom for god's sake um (laughs) but yeah like we it's just not something we teach and it's so curious isn't it Mm -hmm. yeah I mean education at school is is usually just meant to frighten young people off really yeah Uh, it's all about pregnancy and uh, sexually transmitted diseases isn't it it's not about anything good (laughs) and of course the kids know that it's going to be good (laughs) so they they don't take any notice um and then you know as a, a as an older woman going through the menopause I didn't have anybody to speak to about it um and and I didn't. I read one book, which was by Jermaine Greer. Oh, which yeah. <laughs> wasn't anything really useful about having sex. Um, uh, and um, I had, because I was uh, a psychotherapist, and I had a clinical supervisor. 
and I and she was much older than me in her 70s um, she might have been in her late 60s then but I asked her mm. I asked her if it was going to be okay mm. I said I think I'm going to be able to have sex I haven't had sex for years and um you know I've been through the menopause I don't know if it's even going to work anymore mm. and so that's you know that's how that's how limited I was in my understanding of what was possible. I was kind of thinking, oh, God, everything shuts down. You know, there's going to be cobwebs up there. It's not going to work. Well, it like I think a lot of the medical message is around that as well. It's like once your estrogen's gone, it's all over. Yeah, absolutely. That These, these are the messages we get from society, you know. Yeah. You know, mainly we hear that we are... Um, we're just going to be dried up old prunes, basically. Yeah. yeah. And that nobody's going to want us um, undesirable, unattractive. And we might as well forget it. And actually, it's not very seemly for older women to be sexy or to be wanting to have sex anyway. So, you know, we really ought to just <laughs> be, uh, be, be well, quiet. When they are, they call them cougars, don't they? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Is that with older women with younger men or is that just older women wanting to be sexy? I think it's both. I think it's permeated. Like right. they just call them that in general. Yeah, it's, it's a derogatory term. Obviously. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. So, so older women are just not um, revered for their sexuality in real life. Of course, um, celebrities are revered sometimes it depends mm. we've got uh, Helen Mirren over here mm, who, love her yeah we all love her Helen Mirren and you know she's a I love her she's fierce too yeah she is she's amazing but she's always um billed as or described as a sexy older woman mm. um, and and that's okay but in real life it's not generally okay Mm. so you know I was really interested in studying tantra because I'm kind of really into energetics and I've done energy work for years and I was just incredibly curious and I know you studied tantric sexuality too in our training and one thing that struck me about it as I because I'm I think postmenopausal I'm in the waiting period waiting to see mm -hmm. and I was sort of as I've been going through and plus I've been through all that treatment for cancer as well so it's been pretty tough in my body but I was like well my libido is still really good mm -hmm. so this is kind of bullshit all this mm -hmm. stuff that we hear about yeah so the thing that I loved about the tantric practices in particular, and I love it when I'm working with couples is, and I know a lot of people are looking for this as they get older, is like, how can I expand my experience of sexuality? Like, can I get a deeper connection with my partner? Can I have a more sacred sexual experience, whether, you know, with, on your own mm -hmm. and with a partner? And how do you do that? And is it possible? Mm. And, you know, I'm reading all these books around feminine mysticism and like, okay, there's something here. I'm like really curious about that. Mm. And of course the part of me that loves the energetic practices was like really drawn to all mm. of that. 
which, you know, after then going and learning it and studying it, I was like, wow, this is amazing. Mm. And I'm just curious on your thoughts and experience about that because, you know, when you talk to people about this, a lot of people, like I, for example, I was talking to a friend yesterday who's a Chinese medicine doctor. We've done a few podcasts together, Nicole Pauly, and so she does acupuncture. And she said so many people come into her practice like, I've got, I'm in perimenopause, like, okay, I'm mm-hmm. like, I'm dying. Oh, you know, yeah. like, and she's like, what are you talking about? You know, she's really, she's at my age as well. And mm-hmm. she's like, no, like, this could be the start of something amazing. So mm. it's, a, it's an interesting transition time because if you believe the cultural messaging, then that may happen. But yeah. if you are curious, mm. uh, if you kind of someone like me who tends to buck against convention and like, I don't believe that, I'm going to go and investigate mm-hmm. and see what's going on. Mm-hmm. then, you know, the possibilities are endless really, aren't they? Yeah, absolutely. Um, the possibilities are endless because it's, <laughs> a, it's a time of opportunity. You know, the, the Chinese call menopause the second spring. You know, it's a time of um, birthing something new. And, yeah, sometimes it might be about, a woman's personality and whether she's curious but I mean for me it was just luck really you know because I was I I was uh, just going down a very uh, familiar route in academia Mm. and if I hadn't have met this amazing man who woke my body up then I would have carried on down that path and I wouldn't have discovered any of this, which is an incredible thought because um, my whole life has changed and I love the work that I'm doing. I, I love Tantra and, and, and coaching and helping other women mm. to find their purpose and their passion in midlife and to help them understand and maybe um, wake them up uh, help help in that process um, so yeah sometimes it's just luck you know maybe somebody just listening to this podcast right now who's you know never thought of of um, this time of your life there's anything but an ending really that's that's what we're that's the message that we're fed mm. and for many women it is a frightening prospect um, a frightening depressing time where they feel like their life is just going to be over and that it's time to be different to to um i guess settle down (laughs) um and you know be respectable and middle-aged whatever that is (laughs) um but yeah there's this whole other philosophy out there now, I recently have been doing some work around the Marga Healer. Mm. Marga Healer, I discovered um, through the Vita Sex, Love and Relationship coaching training in the work about the seasons and cycles of womanhood. Mm. And the Marga is 
a time in a woman's life around menopause. It's the autumn, the fall of a woman's life. Um, I was so interested in this idea because the Marga comes to this time in her life and she sees the potential, she sees the possibilities. She's full of wisdom from living half a century. And it's a time of inward reflection and considering all of her experiences, perhaps what she's learned, um, but also the uh, unwise choices and mistakes she's made. Yeah. Um, and it's a time of creating something new based on all of that wisdom and experience. And as well as it being an inward looking experience, it's also outward. So she is very much a leader and a guide in her community, mm. passing on all this knowledge and experience mm. that she's accrued over, over her lifetime so far. But it's not quite chrondom, it's not quite going completely inwards in retirement towards death. It's, um, it's a very, very much uh, an outward guiding phase. Mm. Mother yeah. is sorceress. She's sorceress in Portuguese. Mm, yeah, sorceress. Yes. Yeah. So there's yeah, something, ab something about, sometimes people say to me, well, why does this all happen? Why does everything happen at once? And I'm like, well, you know, we have the discernment and ex we have all this experience, right? All this experience. Mm -hmm. And we have this mm -hmm. discernment where we can, if we pay attention, can cut through pretty easily and actually see things for what they are all of a sudden mm -hmm. which might have something to do with the estrogen slowing down a bit and declining mm. because that's a hormone of accommodation and soothing but in any case how do you turn all your you know use that sorceress that alchemical power how do you turn everything that you have into something positive and mm -hmm. You know, as we've discussed, like many women have this rebirth. Mm. So it mm. is a death, but it is a rebirth as well, isn't it? Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I, I always think it's like coming back to the essence of who you are. Mm. What were those things that you really wanted to do when you were yeah. like 10 years old, 8 years old, yeah. you know? Mm. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, definitely returning to the things that you loved as a child I've always uh, helped people to see that um, the things that they loved in as a child were often the things they want to do when they're older. Um, so I say always in, in, in psychotherapy with my psychotherapy hat on. But actually, as a coach, you know, as a, a coach for midlife and older women, also what women were doing when they were younger women, because mm. many women, obviously, put careers and interests on hold when they yeah. have children yeah um you know I've got many friends who've done that who've got amazing gifts and, and abilities and and special magic that they just didn't have time for or or maybe uh, sometimes their husbands didn't approve 
of the things that they wanted to be doing in the world. And, and they put these things on hold. And then when they get to um, midlife, they often have more time to come back to these things. If the children have left home, perhaps they've, um, they might have got divorced or separated. Um, they might be going back to careers or starting new ones. Um, they might decide to move, or travel, move countries, you know, all sorts of new possibilities opening up for mm. older women mm. in this time where, yeah, are they are coming back to themselves. It's their original essence, their mm. authenticity. And there's often talk of actually not caring what other people think anymore about what they want to do. You know, whether it's, you know, whether it's some kind of uh, woo-woo activity or career, you know, um, with crystals or reiki or something that used to be called new age that now we know you know is actually uh, actually really works or whether it's rediscovering and reconnecting to their sexuality yes you know all these things that maybe they didn't have or didn't have time for when they were younger they're they're back on the table as it were totally i in my Facebook group, did a talk a couple of weeks ago and I can't actually remember what I was talking to them about. It was something about the transition, but I said at the end, you know, I have this hypothesis and I have no proof of it, but here's what I think. Part of this journey, this uh, MAGA journey, is it's coming back to the essence of us, of course, but it's really about also our body saying, when it comes to our sexuality, I want it on my terms. Mm. I want to learn. I want it to be what works for me. I want to explore. I want to discover, you know, uh, I think I've been talking about the sex, love and goop show. Actually, that's probably, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. I want it on my terms. I want to discover what my erotic blueprint is. I want to explore my sexuality. I want to unpick it. I don't want to have sex anymore in a way that doesn't work for me. Anyway, Quite a few people listened and a whole lot of people were like, oh, my God, I think you're right. Oh, my God, yeah. So what do you think about this? Yeah, I totally agree. It's <laughs> that it's coming back to that um, not caring about what other people think so much. You know, we're, we come out into our own. We come back to ourself. We come back to our authentic self and our authentic sexual self mm. so that we... We're, we're more authentic, but we're more in our power. We have more power to assert ourselves. And if we're in touch with ourselves and we're able to assert ourselves in our authenticity, then we're going to know what we want. We're going to know what our bodies want. We're going to know what our pleasure is. We're going to be less concerned with that whole old narrative about pleasing the other person mm -hmm. which uh, many of us were brought up to believe is how we should behave mm -hmm. <laughs> we're, we're less concerned with that and we're going to be able to be more fully in our power and our certainty in who we are 
And I think it's something about our body that tells us. So I think for a lot of women, and this has certainly been my experience, and like you say, not not being so worried about what pleasing people, not being so worried about saying the wrong thing. What I notice is that a lot of women explore sexually things that they might have thought were like risque or maybe a shadow part of themselves that they were thought about but like oh no I can't go there they're like Mm -hmm. I'm gonna go and have a look and it's like their body initiates them into it because they're like your body's like I don't like that anymore you know I want this or you know I want something different maybe I don't know what it is and I think that can be a bit confusing when it first Mm -hmm. starts to happen because I think if I'm just reflecting on people I've worked with like they're like, oh, you know, the same old things aren't working. And I'm like, well, no, because the desire, the rhythms of our desire change through our life, actually. Mm. So what we yeah. liked in our 20s is different in our 30s, is, you know, because our yeah. body changes. And yeah. so what is it that you want? So you don't want the same mm. old that you've been getting. Yeah. And how can you talk to your partner about that without them mm. getting upset? So how can you create a dialogue and conversation where you can explore together but also you know part of this is about learning what you like so in terms of your self-pleasure it kind of has to start there so how can you explore in terms of yourself first and work out what you like what you don't like and then bring your partner in yeah yeah that's such a a huge question actually because you know, so many things are coming up in my mind. There's the importance of communication. Absolutely. Which may have to be worked on or relearned. <laughs> <laughs> because many, many women are, are not used to asking for what they want. Mm-hmm. Um, many women are not used to having a voice in life or in sex Mm -hmm. Um, so that's a whole new skill well those there's several skills there because there's many having a voice where there's there's going back there's knowing what you want in the first place being aware of what you want there's having a voice or finding your voice to express it and there's knowing how to communicate it and have conversations about it yeah And that can be, you know, as you're going through that exploration of I I feel like I need something different and not quite knowing that, even if you're not talking to your partner about it, because we have these patterns, Mm. unconscious patterns of how Mm. we interact with each other, Mm. they pick up on it. Even if you're not verbalising it, they're like, oh, you know, she's different. And so... Mm. Yeah, yeah, that can cause a little bit of discomfort, can't it, between the two absolutely. of us? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, it can, and it's it's such a uh, a huge transition for women in partnership because I guess you know it, they're going to have to bring their man or woman or whoever they're with along with them, or not, you know. They yeah. Can, you're gonna have to make it work or it isn't going to work you know if if a woman is getting in touch with 
her desires and they are different to what they've always been there's the things are going to have to change and it's going to have to be communicated and you know not everybody wants to change not everybody mm. not everybody can change everybody's interested in change you know and I think a lot of women in midlife they have um, a time of yeah separation or divorce because of these huge life transitions within themselves mm-hmm. it leads to life transition outside of themselves as everything is shifting and changing and they need new people and environments in order to grow and change and become who they really are you know Mm. it's like needing a different soil uh, for for a, a plant to grow yeah that's so true and you know you see a lot of friendships fall apart at this time as well don't you and I've also seen you know a lot of women need they just need time away as well they need a lot of time on their own yeah yeah to find themselves (laughs) yeah Yeah. and be Um, in the right environment for it yeah yeah you know it used to be um and I I guess still is you know a a kind of a hackneyed phrase of you know going off to find yourself Um, And if you haven't done that, it's going to seem a bit wacky, maybe. But it's such a um, it's such a a truth, a reality for so many people, Mm -hmm. not just midlife women, but for for midlife women. It's a it is a reality of needing time to go off and find yourself and become who you really are, because there's so many pressures uh, for women before they get to that stage that prevents them from being who they really are. And they get to this point and all the conditions are coming together in the right way to allow them finally to get back to themselves. And of course, that's really appealing and exciting. Mm. And many women want to, want to chase that. They want to reconnect and, they might not know how um, and then they you know they get interested in in how they can do that so they're then on a mission to find themselves and to find their tribe and they're seeking new people and yeah leaving old friends behind leaving old partnerships behind all the things that are not working for them anymore Yeah. yeah absolutely and that can cause that can cause stress. And stress is something that's not good for us at this time mm-hmm. in our life. So there's sort of a constant juggle of, you know, putting yourself first and looking after yourself. And when you've been, you know, if you've had kids or you might still have teenagers in the house and not putting their needs first when it's just been something that you've done so intrinsically for a long time can be really challenging yeah yeah there are so many challenges so many challenges for women in menopause and postmenopause. but I think you know it depends who you have around you and as I say what luck you've had yeah in in um in having an alternative perspective because it can be a really difficult, challenging, painful, depressing time. 
But if you have already had this idea opened up to you that it can be something different, then it, you're still challenging, but it, in a positive way. Yeah. Because you have a whole new half of your life opening up before you. Instead of things closing down, you have things opening up. This completely different perspective. And that's true of um, sex as well as life more generally. Yeah. Well, sex is such a foundational. I'm always curious about this because sex is such a foundational aspect of being a human. And it's, I kind of see it as being like this really core thing. Well, it's in our core, even, you know, like it grounds us down in the earth, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we go off and we do work on ourselves. You know, we might go to therapy and lots of therapists don't go there. They don't talk about it. Yeah, yeah. And so it's just like this really kind of central aspect of our identity that just kind of gets danced around or not. Yeah. touched upon mm -hmm, absolutely and I feel like at this stage you can't not go there yeah yeah at the stage at the stage in life it's mm. um I agree if you're not going there then you're not dealing with something that's fundamental and actually you know um it makes me think of when I used to teach uh, counseling psychotherapy we would use the uh, Maslow's model of yes hierarchy of needs mm -hmm. um, and I would always start an interesting debate about um, sex being on the, the 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 lowest need the most basic physiological need because some models include sex on there and some don't some don't yeah I've noticed that uh, and it was always a very interesting debate in the class. Um, you know, usually people were 50-50, students were 50-50. Yes, it's it's a physiological, basic physiological need. Yeah. And others it would be, no, it's not. So that's that's an interesting point in itself. And people are going to be divided on that. Mm. Um, and I guess that's no different in midlife. Um, but for me... Um, and the women I work with, it is a basic physiological need. Absolutely. And so, so many women come into, I know with my work and my courses, so I'd be interested in what you experience. Because they are going through this, they're probably looking at it from a hormonal perspective. And so the medical model says, okay, your estrogen's going down, that's it. I've had clients come to me and say that doctors have said to them, it's all over, basically, like, yeah, the big, okay, it's all beginning. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, your sexuality mm -hmm. is not about estrogen. There are so mm -hmm. many different things. And here's, you know, yeah. relationship with pleasure, desire, you know, your arousal, mm -hmm. accelerators mm -hmm. of breaks, your mm -hmm. attachment style. Yeah, uh, like there's a million things right that yeah. involve our sexuality mm -hmm. and estrogen's not on that map I have a little diagram I show them and they're like wow and I'm like yes <laughs> and so let's start the conversation there and you know your sensuality your pleasure you know how do you feel about all of that and it's mind-blowing to them and I'm yeah. like if you hear that from a doctor again walk out the door 
yeah. And I think that's, yeah, one thing that, yeah, kind of really um, has spurred me into action in doing this work. It's almost, I feel like it's almost a social justice issue for me. Like, no, this is not true. Like, this is what is, this is what is possible for you if you want to go there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's so true that that's the message we get from doctors um, because that is the medical model, really. Yeah, uh, you Procreate. know. Uh, yeah, and yeah, you know, menopause is pathologized. It's uh, you know, it's seen as something to be treated. It's it's not seen <laughs> as the gateway to <laughs> um, pleasure and potential in the second half of your life, is it? <laughs> by doctors at all. And you're right, you know, there are so many different aspects of sexuality, sensuality, um, that we as older women are not told anything about. And a lot of it is, yeah, it's about being in the body. It's about connecting. Being in the body. Absolutely, getting out of our heads and into our bodies and connecting to our energy understanding our energy body yeah um and particularly sex energy which um you know is our life force is chi mm-hmm. um and being able to use sound uh, and movement and breath all of these things and being mindful um being present to all of ourselves um, and it's extraordinary, really, that we're not taught these things because, you know, sure, when we look at older women who are known for their sexuality, like Helen Mirren, going back mm-hmm. to the, um, the great Helen Mirren, yes, it, we can see that she's sex- sexy and she's sensual. We can see that yeah. in 50s, 60s. I think she's in her 70s now. She's 70s, yeah. Yeah. And that's coming from somewhere. It's not just an image. It's not just a visual image. It's, it's her coming. life force. You can see her life force energy pumping yeah. through her. Exactly. You can see her life force coming through her. She is connected to her sex energy, to her life force. She is exuding that. That's what makes us magnetic. Mm-hmm. That's what makes us attractive. And it doesn't matter what age we are or what our body shape is like, what experiences we've had, if we are connected to that life force, uh, it shows, it's, it's, it's pouring out of us. It's in, in real life uh, and in a picture, we can, we can even see it. We can even hear it, you know, yeah. it's, it's very real energy. And that is totally available to us at any age. You know, the essence of who we are, it's a, it's a fresh energy. It's always there available to us at any age. Yeah. And you can see it. I was describing it on another podcast really. It's like the bait, you know, the bass in the music. Like it's like the, that it's just there. Like you just can see it pumping through someone's yeah. body mm-hmm. and yeah, they walk into the room and they are magnetic or they're walking across the road and it's like they're gliding across the road mm-hmm. and you can see it a mile away, can't you? 
Yeah, you can. And so that's what we can connect to as older women. You know, it's it's uh, it's such a long way from the medical model yeah. of using medication and um, and creams and lotions. I mean, of course, you know, there are lots of things that help too creams and oils and you know all of the things that we can use to have more fun and pleasure in sex um but you know we have this basic uh lubricant um through energy that is uh, is sensual pleasure that we can um that we can connect to and bathe in as if it were an actual tangible substance you know mm. we can literally feel energy mm. absolutely mm. we yeah. absolutely can you mm-hmm. can feel it in your body every day and it lights you up really from your pussy all the way up your spine through the top of your head yeah. and I think another big part of it that I like so there's definitely the energetic aspect of it there's definitely like the connection with your body there's definitely connecting with your sensuality which is often a good starting point I think for a lot of people too if they feel because a lot of people get quite triggered about sensuality and pleasure those words because culturally the conditioning around them is so negative and so I always say, well, it's just how you experience the world through your five senses. That's what it is. And they're like, oh, okay. And so that can be a nice place to start if that feels a bit scary. But the other thing that I think is, you know, super important, and I know you do relationship coaching work, so I'm interested in your thoughts on this, is connecting to our sense of playfulness, which mm. I think is like really important in terms of understanding our own sexuality. But I I feel like playfulness is a really important verb for relationship health. Yeah. What do you think about that? Yeah, I love that, Kelly. Um, It just makes me smile as you say it because (laughs) we get so disconnected from from a healthy playfulness. And, you know, when we're going back to our original essence, to our authentic selves, of course, that's in there. It's a part of who we are. Yeah. It gets, um, we get disconnected from it when we have to be adults in the world because, um, you know, we're not supposed to be childish. Um, And I I guess there, you know, of course there is, uh, there is an association of sex and playfulness, but it's often in a kind of, pornographic way mm-hmm. um, that is you know it's it's more about visuals about being naughty about mm-hmm. what you're wearing or sex toys or you know there's nothing wrong with that of course that all has its place um, but there's also this yeah this childlike wonder and innocence and curiosity that is not about a visual. It's about something within us mm. that, um, that wants to explore, that mm-hmm. wants to, yeah, wants to get curious, wants to um, explore our own bodies and our partner's bodies and explore another dimension of, of sex. And that takes us into actually 
a deeper connection uh, and takes us into the path to uh, enlightenment, sacred sex. Yes. You, You know, the more that we are able to strip ourselves back to our authentic selves, which is a young, fresh child, has a, a childlike quality to it. Yeah. We are then weaving this um, feminine and masculine energies and parts of ourselves. And it's it all becomes one. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, we were talking about this before we started, but a big part of our learning and growing at this point, regardless of your gender or orientation, is, you know, for all, because everyone's affected by the patriarchy, is connecting with our feminine and the feminine energy. But I also think for people in female bodies, a lot of it is about also connecting with a healthy masculine. And I think of that kind of pan, you know, that young masculine energy that is very playful as well mm-hmm. and I think that there's part of us that needs to explore that and how mm. do we like you say how does that masculine and feminine blend together mm. and not on a spectrum it just is together yeah yeah it's in all of us yeah no yeah, and we can do some beautiful work in in connecting to those parts of us you know practices that get us into our bodies and connecting to the different pieces of us you know our Mm. inner feminine our inner masculine Mm -hmm. all of the different parts of us that we we would have become disconnected from over our lives and and all these parts of us have um they have something to say they have something to say to us about what they want yeah Um, and, you know, if, we, if we're connected to our bodies, if we're connected to our inner voice, our inner wisdom, then we can honour these pieces of us. Mm. Um, we can verbalise them. We can express uh, what they need, what our mm-hmm. needs are mm-hmm. to ourselves, to our partners, um, and, yeah, and play um, and explore all of the pieces, all of the parts of ourselves that probably have been ignored over a, maybe a lifetime, really. Yeah. And I think for many people, the realisation of that, this has just been my experience with people I've worked with, that it's so joyful for them when they realise, oh, I'm really quite multidimensional. Yeah. So there's that. It's so empowering that, oh, if, if there's younger parts that come up learning how to care for them, mm-hmm. reparent them if they need to, um, that they can do it themselves, mm. you know, and that like so many people are like, oh, wow, that's just amazing. Mm. It's, it's just, and it's nourishing as mm. well. Like there's something really nourishing mm-hmm. and expansive about it yeah absolutely because it's a 
it's a realization that we can look after ourselves. <laughs> um, all of the unmet needs from our childhood, um, they're coming up in this work. It can be revelatory to realize that actually we can look after these parts of ourselves. We can meet our own needs. Yeah. Uh, we can nourish um, and nurture all of these parts of ourselves. We don't actually need anybody to do that. Yeah. Uh, and that's incredibly liberating. Um, and again, you know, will lead to, um, may, may lead to moving on from the partner you're with if you've thought that you need to be with somebody to get your needs met and you realize yes. that yeah. you don't, you, you know, completely self-sufficient in that respect. Yeah, it's, it's really liberating. We, you know, we have so much power within ourselves to, to meet our needs and to reconnect with all of the different pieces of ourselves. And to, and to enjoy a different kind of relationship with ourselves, with our bodies and with our partners um, who, or whoever we choose to be, mm. um, to bring all these pieces out that perhaps we, we, we've been disconnected from. Yeah. It's all, yeah, a whole new experience. It is. And, and then comes with it, oh, and I can ask for what I want. Sometimes yeah. they may not be able to meet their needs, but that's okay. I can still ask for it. And like you say, if you haven't known that you can do that through or haven't felt like you've been able to express your voice, and I think that part, and, and maybe that comes with not caring as much about what other people think, which many women say is something that they experience, which is great. Mm. Yeah. But, you know, with that, comes uh like great spaciousness great expansiveness but also a lot of relaxation I think as well for a lot of women yeah 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 definitely relaxation is really important <laughs> do you know like it's just like oh well, I don't need that anymore like I have everything inside of me yeah. like and when you when you see people realize like they're just like so they go for it don't they? Yeah. And I think yeah. that's, you know, when it comes to sexuality, I think that's where a lot of that confidence comes in. It's like, well, yeah, I can, I can ask for that and I can try this and yeah. Mm. Mm. Yeah. It's just a completely different experience. You know, I remember coming across this phrase, orienteering or no, not orienteering. That's the wrong one. Spectatoring. Have you heard the word spectatoring? No. Well, I don't know when I came across this, but it was in my 50s and it was some work around uh, sex coaching or training. And it's this practice of being in um, the sexual experience, but being so in your head where you're, a spectator you're completely consumed with what your body looks like at every moment of sex you know um what what does what do, what does my face look like in this position what do my breasts look like when i'm in this position you know what what do i um what do i look like what do i feel like what do i smell like you know what do i sound like worrying about all aspects of of your body so you're completely in your head and not in the, in the experience 
and not in your body, not in the sexual experience at all. And, you know, when I heard that, I realized that that's what sex had been like for me for my whole life. Mm. It had been a completely disconnected experience. And I think, you know, a lot of that comes from, um, it comes from pornography and it comes from, you know, this idea of what you're supposed to look like and sound like from a a completely visual perspective. Um, it's, It's just all about what you look like and what you're supposed to look and sound like from what we've seen Mm -hmm. um, in pornography. Um, And it's not even like I I watched much pornography, but that seemed to be the only template for how sex was supposed to be done. Yeah. Um, You know, when I heard that, it was really a watershed moment for me. Mm. Um, and, And it has been actually for a lot of clients when I use that term. It's something that lands as, yeah, that's, you know, that's what sex has been like very much in my head. And so no wonder we're having such bad sexual experiences. Yeah, yeah. Or I know myself when I'm not in, like I'm not in it because I go off on some, like I can feel myself thinking about something else and then I'm like, get get out of your head, like get back in there. Yeah, like, you you know, your mind wanders, which happens all the time, not just sexually, but like with every experience I'm like, I'm quite aware of it and I'm like, get out, you know, like go back, focus on the body, yeah. Yeah, this is why, well, that's the same in meditation, isn't it? When we're- yeah, yeah, it's the same in meditation. It's the same, you know, like it's in the, the tantric practices. You all of a sudden, this is why I say to everyone, you, you'll just go there because that's what the brain, like that's what happens. But yeah. focus back on the body, find the point in the body. You know, if you're in just doing like transcendental meditation, you would focus on the breath, the sensation of the breath, put your mm-hmm. attention on your body. And, and same with clients I'm working with around sexuality coaching. I'm like, well, just put your, go back into your body, put your attention somewhere. Yeah. You know, whether it's your and, womb or your heart or, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Focus, focus on feeling pleasure. Focus on where you're feeling pleasure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's such an important piece of it. And I think, you know, for a lot of older women, if they've been doing that all their lives, and I've met a lot of women like this in psychotherapy, they get to they get to the menopause or post-menopause the 50s and they're trying to create relationships from that same position so their main Mm. focus is what they look like you know they are trying they all they're trying to do really is look young and sexy yeah all about the clothes the makeup the hair it's externally validated yeah Yeah. and about you know their underwear they're buying special underwear you know all about the external and you know it doesn't work it It just doesn't doesn't work. work and it's so disappointing to get to that stage of life and find that all of this stuff that got you through before it doesn't work anymore yeah (laughs) you know it's it's I mean I'm laughing but it's it's sad it's a sad thing and women really need to be educated it and it's 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 sad because either by I, I guess by luck or um some some other path to discovering this knowledge you either discover it or you don't that's the sad thing absolutely 
and you're right women do need to be educated like you just have to explicitly say it really that I mean I'm very explicit with people I work with in my group program like every practice I'm giving you is about it's a meditation practice but it's about bringing you into your body and you know sexuality is like not just one thing it's really complex it's made up of all these different factors but fundamentally you have to be able to concentrate and feel pleasure in your body and we take orgasm the goal of orgasm off the table and it's just about you know breathing feeling that sensation letting sound come if it wants to come but just you know these are so these are the tantric keys we talk about all of that Mm. and it's like they're like whoa okay Mm. yeah yeah so exciting it is exciting and I remember I had a period in this early in the year like with a couple of couples that I work with that the males were like oh my god why didn't anyone tell us this in our 20s our life would have been so much easier and I'm like so much easier (laughs) relationships would have been so much easier yeah I I do I do absolutely it's just incredible um just even talking about it now gives me chills because yeah wouldn't so many of us have had different lives if we'd known about this when we were younger such different lives (laughs) such different lives yeah it just kind of blows my mind really life could have been so much easier relationships could have been so much more I don't know juicier fulfilling whatever but I guess that's part of the learning experience isn't it yeah and it just makes me so grateful that I've I've got it now because as I said my you know it's it's this these paths that we take you know my life is so different and so juicy and pleasurable and fulfilling now for knowing about tantra yeah and that's just luck just luck for me I just took one path instead of another you know yeah you followed your instincts same with me and then I think that's what's landed us now knowing each other but you know like having this and you know I I think a lot of people have these instincts but they don't pursue them or they don't talk about them and sometimes I think it's because there's so much shame around sex and just talking about it mm-hmm. but I feel really lucky to have discovered it and I think for me it was more around my interest in energy work that probably took me there mm-hmm. and then going oh wow this is amazing yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah energy work is amazing yeah. how can we go through life and not know about it it's extraordinary to me yeah absolutely well that might be a good place to finish mm-hmm. how can people find you laura if they want to connect with you well i am everywhere as dr laura monk so my website is drlauramonk.com and i'm in all of the social media places as at dr laura monk beautiful too easy thank you so much for coming it's been really great talking to you today oh thank you so much kelly it's been a real pleasure thank you